Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Love Angel Music Baby from Gwen Stefani. Oh, this has been a long time coming, this episode. It really has. It's funny, it feels like we've talked very early on about covering this album, um, and yet for one reason or another, it's kind of uh, moved down the list a little bit. Could it be because of my penchant for uh, an anniversary? I think that's probably the case. And what is the anniversary we're celebrating today? You'll be very pleased to know it's not a, a loose thread. It's not the fifth anniversary of the fourth buzz track to be released from the second album. No, it's 15 years ago today since this album was released. Oh, that's a nice clean connection. Well mm. done. So happy birthday, Love Angel Music Baby. And this is the debut album by Gwen Stefani. Of course, known previously as lead vocalist for No Doubt, when they launched in around 86, I think it was. Yeah, you, you can't, because they didn't really become mainstream, certainly in the UK, until about 96, did they, with um, Don't Speak. So it feel, feels quite strange that they've been going a decade before that. Gwen was with Tom Dumont, Tony Canal and Adrian Young. Mm. Um, as part of No Doubt. Look he, at that. Here, this was, I think, the much-anticipated solo debut from Gwen. Yeah, because the last album before this one, the last No Doubt album, featured Hella Good and those kind of tracks, didn't it? So it was kind of, it was leading away a little bit from the from the rockier uh, sound of the band. And who knows, I don't know the actual story, but maybe it was Gwen herself who was trying to break away from... From the from the the sound that defines them. Can I just take a moment to say that "Hello Good" is my favourite No Doubt song, and if we're lucky, <laughs> we might get to hear it's a little bit of that now. So that was a little bit of "Hello Good." And before we do move on, actually, I'd just like to shine a light on another track of theirs. So No Doubt had a bit of a comeback. They released their sixth album in 2012. And it didn't really set the charts alight, did no. it? In the same way that their earlier stuff did, or in the same way that Gwen Stefani's stuff had. Uh, and there were rumours of them playing festivals around 2012, 2013, in the UK at least, which never happened, sadly. But I loved the song Looking Hot. I thought it was a great comeback, and I would have loved to have heard it live. So maybe now we're going to say a little snippet of Looking Hot. That was sounding quite hot, actually. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like we've done the... Episode back to front. Well, that was some further listening, but it's not this week's further listening. Maybe it's preparatory listening. Mm, Because we're going to get in the festive spirit later. But first, onto this album. Uh, Onto this album. And so Gwen, so a bit bit about Gwen, first of all. So Gwen Renee uh, Stefani was born in uh, October 69, back in the autumn of 69. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. (laughs) And she was famously married to Gavin Rossdale, British musician. Band I'm seeing again? Um, Bush. <laughs> uh, but they parted ways uh, a few years ago. That's a shame. 
So Gwen has gone on after the debut album, Love Angel Music Baby, she went on to release another three albums, two standard uh, ones and a Christmas special album. Which was lovely. Which we may touch on later. Mm. What did you think to albums two and three though, The Sweet Escape and This Is What The Truth Feels Like? There's a stunning track on The Sweet Escape, which I absolutely love, which is um, Early Winter. Written with uh, Tim Rice Oxley from Keane. Uh, sadly, the editing fairies have just gone on their fag break, so we won't be able to hear a bit of that now. <laughs> but lots to talk about in with this week's episode. So this is great. What an amazing time. What a family. Shall we get stuck in? Yes, yeah, so side one, track one. This is uh, the mighty What You Waiting For. <laughs> are you waiting for there or what are you waiting for to be more precise i've been waiting for three and a half minutes to talk about this song how brilliant is it it's amazing it's stands the test of time don't you think it's just so it's instant it's in your face i remember when i first heard this song i just thought it was incredible and it's a bit bonkers as well which i love oh uh, well can you you can kind of hear what's she's getting at in the song is I think she's she's talking about struggling to record to write to go solo to release this very record that we're talking about today uh beginning with that line like a like a cat on heat stuck in a moving car and I remember I remember hearing those lyrics and just thinking I don't quite understand what she's talking about but at the same time I love it uh I think the, the line that sticks in my head is naturally I'm nervous about going alone yeah and uh, there's a lovely empowering moment of, look at your watch now, you're still a super hot female. And even now, at the age of uh, 50 years old, I'm sure she won't mind me saying that, still a super hot female. 50 years young. Yes, much better. So this song was co-written with uh, Gwen and Linda Perry. Uh, I'm sure we've mentioned Linda before. She's done a lot of work with Pink. Um, and she also wrote Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Um, and produced by Nellie Hooper, who again, I'm pretty sure we would have talked about it before, wouldn't we? Mm. Uh, Nelly's worked with everyone from All Saints on Under the Bridge to Holly Valance on Down Boy uh, to No Doubt on Hello Good. Uh, Down Boy, quite a good song. Yeah, we keep threatening to cover Holly Valance. Yeah. Uh, I would rather talk about her second album. Yes, State of Mind. Yeah. And then a bit further listening on the first album. Yes. Spoilers there. Got a lot of spoilers galore there. Honestly, this podcast writes itself sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, this also featured, uh, featuring in the, in the song uh, and in the video, you had the Harajuku girls, yes. which were Stefani's backing dancers and collaborators at times as well, featured very prominently in all of the work around this album. And they were called Love, Angel, Music and Baby, weren't they? Lamb. Not to be confused with Mariah Carey's lambs and her lamely. And her lampersand. Oh yeah, every Friday. Uh, do you remember the video for this? Yes. Iconic video. Absolutely. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. And one of those videos where it just looks like they threw millions of pounds into it. Yeah. To make something truly original and just uh, eye-popping. 
Absolutely, but it clearly it works because we, we we remember it. Fifteen years on, I don't think I've seen it. Well, I know I can tell you the last time I years. watched it. Uh, when when was the last time you had the box on TV? Well, exactly, and I associate with seeing this video on box. Yeah. Also, a little fact, a personal fact. Oh. Um, this was this song was. You lost the... your virginity, Sue. No. <laughs> <laughs> this song was the first song that I heard uh, after the clock struck midnight in two thousand into two thousand and five. Really? Oh, I think it was into two thousand, and of course that would make absolutely no sense. Oh, that's lovely. Where were you? At a, a bit of a party. Oh, quite cryptic there, is it? A illegal rave. I uh, no comment. Rubbing Vicks vapor rub on each other. I love Vicks vapor rub. Uh, so yeah, a, a incredible video. This was a big hit. This song as well. So I should say it was um, got to number four in the UK, top ten in most countries. So incredibly well received. I mean, number four doesn't seem high enough in the UK, but it's. I think. I think if you ask people, they'd probably guess it would be number one, which in a way is better than it actually getting to number one, maybe. And it was called um, one of the best electro songs of the year, and the Daily Telegraph um, put it at 82nd position on their 100 songs that define the noughties, which is, I don't know if that's good or not. I guess it is. Uh, could be better. So it was a big hit, it was very well received, and it was the perfect song to launch her solo career with I think it was and this next song track two was single two as well wasn't it yes and a great follow-up this is rich girl that was If I Were a Rich Man there from Fiddle on the Roof. Speaking of which, did you ever get to the bottom of that nosy Parker that was uh, around your premises? He was, oh, the guy that was sort of creeping around the back. Yeah. Right. Uh, sadly not, no. But um... You still leave the curtains open just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was Rich Girl, of course, which um, does sort of, uh, is a remake, let's say, of If I Were a Rich Man. Will, have you seen Fiddle on the Roof? No, although you did give me those binoculars, but I couldn't see him for love and money. Oh, sorry. No, I haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, actually. Me neither. One for the but I, I know this song, I know that If I Were a Rich Man, so I think it's one of those songs that everyone kind of knows how it goes. Yes. It goes like this song. I remember, actually, there was a, on Britain's Got Talent, there was like a grandfather and granddaughter duo who did a mashup of that and this. And if we're lucky... If we're lucky, it'll never see the light of day ever again. So second single, Will, how do you think this was for uh, part two of of uh, Gwen's solo career? Uh, featuring Eve yeah. and produced by Dr. Dre. For me, it's a great follow-up song because it's a completely different thing in its own right. It's another great sort of pop R&B track, which, again, was extremely popular and, and got a lot of great recognition, but it's a very different sound to the debut single. I think for a debut album to have track one and track two both big songs both really different it's a great start definitely and yeah like you said it's still, it's still a, a pop masterpiece but definitely more towards R&B side and also quite a reggae as well 
Oh, someone did I say it funny again? Because somebody did pick up on that. It said reggae, 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 reggae. reggae? <laughs> of course, not the first time these two ladies have collaborated either. There's that brilliant track, "Let Me Blow Your Mind," and, and just yeah, just say it. We're going to hear. Let's it. Let's hear again. a bit of it. Yeah. That's an iconic. Oh, it's track. brilliant. It's we were spoiled. We really have been spoiled for choice for further listening today. And I think this is why we're trying to shoehorn as many other tracks in as possible because we've got a very appropriate further listening coming up at the end. Mm. But there's so many other good things that Gwen Stefani's been involved in. Yeah. This, in fact, this podcast should be called Track Via Track by Another Track, with a bit of a, another track mixed in as well. So this, funny enough, this also got to number four in the UK charts. Must be her lucky number. So and it so it equaled yeah the the first success, and again did uh, across the board did just as well as the debut single. And there are a whopping ten songwriters on this song, which I'm not going to go through them all, but um, yeah, it took a lot of brains and a lot of uh, musical minds to make this come together. But it is a fantastic. It is great because it sounds so simplistic in a way. But yeah, it, it took a took an army. Track number three now, and this is... Uh-huh, this my shit. This is Bananas. Hold on back now. Hollaback Girl there for track number three, also the third single of the album. Yeah, the classic of releasing track one as single one, two as two, three as three. And maybe four as four? We'll see. Don't, don't, yeah. Count your chickens. Exactly. I was going to say don't hold your horses, but that doesn't work. Do hold your horses. Yes. And count your chickens. Don't count your chickens, no? And don't take farting for shitting. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) Again... Following on from the first two tracks being completely different, this is completely different again. Yeah. And fantastically so. This, obviously, if this was an, any other female artist releasing a debut album, track three would be the Spanish, Latino <laughs> flavoured song. Um, but Gwen has gone so far in the other direction. That's the famous Will Warren theory, of course. Yes, I should put, trademark that. Well, it's in the Christmas book, so mm. it is trademarked now. Yes. Is that in the shops now? Uh, available now uh, from all good Urban Outfitters and uh, ASOS. Mm. And in, in the works from next Christmas. <laughs> I was in the works the other day. Yep. God, they've got a load of rubbish in there, it's haven't they? It's a little tut, isn't it? But, oh, uh, dear. But sometimes you find a, a lovely sort of a compendium of all the James Bond films for about £3 or something, when it should have been Perfect 70. to give to your brother-in-law or something. Or me, listeners, if you're listening and you're thinking of a gift for me, I'd love that. So Hollaback Girl, so yes, as you said, it's a very different style. It's more of a hip-hop sound than we heard on the previous two. It's also a different writing team. So again, written by Gwen Stefani, uh, and this time joined by a young gentleman, quite a new artist at the time, uh, Mr. Pharrell Williams. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, of course he wasn't. And Chad Hugo, who is also from NERD, 
and it was produced by the Neptunes, who of course are Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo of NERD. Lots of uh, lots of fingers and lots of pies. Haven't they just? And I think, you know, we won't even get into talking about all the things they've been involved in, otherwise we will be here till Christmas. Mm. But just the whole, because it is very, it's like a cheer, like a cheerleading squad would do. Absolutely, yeah. But that's very intentional. Yeah. And apparently, my spies tell me it's because of a reference Courtney Love made to uh, Gwen being a cheerleader in a, in a magazine interview. Really? Mm. Courtney Love, so quite a, quite a nasty piece of work then. Well, I don't know how, I don't know how would that would, would that be taken. Oh, I'm quite, not sure. Quite a lovely piece of work then. Or either or, mm. or both. This was an even bigger hit for Gwen. So this was, not in the UK, got to number eight, but it was at number one in America. Um, and similarly high across the, in many countries across the rest of the world. It also won a Grammy as well for Best uh, Record of the Year at the 48th Grammys. And it was in all of those year-end lists, it was often one of those songs that was referenced from 2005 we're talking about. Wow. Many, many, many moons ago. 14 years ago now. And I believe that this song is responsible for assisting in spelling lessons in classrooms in America with, of course, the famous line, this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Can you remember the video? Um, does the cheerleading theme continue? Yeah, it was very sort of high school football cheerleadery sort, as you'd, as you'd imagine, actually, if you were thinking about what the video for this song might be. So, on to track four. Track four now. And is it single four? Track four now and single four. Oh, good. This is cool. I know we're cool. And I'll be happy for you if you can be happy for me. Circles and triangles and now we're hanging out with your new girlfriend. So far from where we've been, I know we're cool. Well, it really is quite a cool song though, isn't it? Let's not beat about the bush. I'm not talking about the band. <laughs> uh, a beautiful electronic ballad. And this, I'm going to put it out there, this is my favourite song on the album. Really? Yeah. This is probably one of the more traditional pop records. <laughs> is that uh, Louis Walsh? Yeah. Oh, lovely. So yeah, a bit more of a ballad, a bit more, one of the slower, more sort of heartfelt moment. And definitely it makes me think of sort of 1980s ballad and something you know a bit Madonna crazy for you or something like that but it's Cindy Lauper maybe Dallas Austin was the producer uh, we were only talking about him a few weeks ago uh, on the Duran Duran Astronaut album mm. uh, episode I should say interestingly uh, Gwen Stefani was rumoured to be featuring with the band on single from that album one of the demos I was talking about they didn't quite make the cut this also was, I feel like I'm on chart watch this episode, even more than usual. Mm. Um, this uh, didn't do quite as well. So this was number 13 uh, in America, number 11 in the UK, and kind of in the late, mid to late teens in most countries as well. So fourth single yeah. in. I mean, that does follow the, the rule, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Diminishing returns. Fans of the podcast will be pleased to hear... If you could find a 12-inch vinyl version of the single, it's got a Richard X remix on. Lovely. That is lovely. Good luck hunting that one down. And they'll also be very pleased to hear that our old friend, 
Mark Spike Stent uh, is responsible for mixing this song, who of course has worked with Spice Girls and so many others, I'm not even going to mention them. NME said this track sounded reminiscent of Madonna's Breathless Purr. Oh. Disgusting. <laughs> but lyrically... Lyrically... Oh, <laughs> I really like it. It's obviously it's talking about a sort of a, a breakup, broken up couple that are at peace with their relationship. And that's quite interesting because normally heartbreak songs are more of a kind of... Uh, still a bit raw there's still a bit of animosity there my favourite lyric in the whole song which I'll just read out to you now is and I'll be happy for you if you can be happy for me circles and triangles and now we're hanging out with your new girlfriend so far from where we've been I know we're cool that's lovely that really is lovely honestly that that line that that comes in quite late into the song and it always just makes me think you know how mature of them because I certainly couldn't be that way well I have to say Dan heartbreak Made me a dancer. Track number five now. This is Bubble Pop Electric. Come on, Johnny, when you gonna get here? All right, hold your pretty horses. I'll be there in a minute. You just get yourself dolled up, all right, Tilson? You pick a place. You just pick a place. Um, Johnny? Yeah, Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. You might wanna hurry because tonight it's the So Bubble Pop Electric there, featuring Johnny Vulture, who, well, I've never heard of Johnny Vulture. I've never heard of him doing anything else since. Any well, idea? I know by, of him by a different name. Oh, a secret name. If Just I said the Andre... The Giant. No. Peter. Peter. No, don't come in. <laughs> Not that Peter. Peter Andre. No, Andre 3000. Oh, of course, of outcast fame. Yes, so, because you're right, uh, Johnny Vulture is not a real person. Oh, I feel quite foolish now. Uh, but what a great track. A lovely, jittery song, I think that is. It's When it says Bubble Pop Electric, it's exactly what the track is, isn't it? Uh, yes, absolutely. And just the whole the whole narrative of the song, of you imagine Gwen as this young girl, still living at home, uh, being picked up by a fancy man. Yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of fun, this song, I think. It's a very good, fun song. And Andre is also co-writer with with uh, Gwen and produced it. Or maybe Johnny Vulture did. I'm not quite sure anymore. This is my favourite non-single on the album. Ah. I'm not... Hmm. Can I get a match on that? Yeah, because we've still got some, some great stuff to come, actually. So uh, hold, hold your horses again. Just while we're on the subject of um, bubble pop electric, it's making me think of, of bubblegum... What's your favourite brand of bubblegum as a child? Oh, I have to say Hubba Bubba. <laughs> lovely, uh, they did a lovely green tangy apple flavour. Do you know, I was just thinking of that one in particular. Mm, perhaps we can treat ourselves. Do they still make it? I'm sure it still exists. Well, let's get some for next time and we can have a competition. Uh, see who's the best blower. That's lovely. Track six now, uh, and this is Luxurious. <laughs> Luxurious. 
And another ballad, but this very different ballad to call, isn't it? This has a very specific, like, 90s R&B sound to it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a very good thing. And it's got that, there's a real balance between the verses and the chorus, I think. The, the part of the song feels very well luxurious is a great word it's very like smooth and silky uh, but then there's a little bit of a rap element there as well it reminds me a little bit of do you remember another level yes um oh, was it called was it freak me freak me yeah that disgusting lyrically but <laughs> lyrically was it let me let me lick you up and down till you say stop let me play with your body baby make you real hot <laughs> there is actually a sample in this track uh, from the Eiley Brothers uh, song Between the Sheets. Do you know what I think of when I read Between the Sheets? Those bounce sheets you put in the washing machine. Oh. Yeah. Don't use them. Do you? Uh, oh, you should. It just revolutionised my ironing. Oh. Other other laundry sheets are available. And Will's uh, solar project, his ironing podcast, will be coming to our podcast very soon. Uh, and that'll be crease by crease. <laughs> but what a great song. What a great song. Um, um, also, they've been present in every track, although we haven't spoken about them, but the Harajuku girls are always around. Yes, always watching. always watching. This also, this was single five, but it's track six. Which That's a shame, isn't it? It's a real shame. Someone really messed up there. Yes, and you can tell because it reached the dizzying heights of number 44 in the singles chart in the UK. That's a real shame. Should we move on? I think we should. Track number seven now. This is Harajuku Girls. Harashuka Girls there, and the beginning of that sounded very much like another song, didn't it, by a, a, another iconic American female artist. Yes, Madonna. Yes, Pop It Don't Preach. It's those strings, isn't it? So this, I guess, is Gwen's ode to the Harajuku Girls, to Tokyo culture itself. It's very, yeah, it's clearly massively influenced by it, and I think... To me, this song sounds like it could have been featured in a film about the Harajuku girls, about love, angel, music and baby, uh, and appearing in some sort of montage scene in the film. And who would you have playing the Harajuku girls? Love would be Barbara Knox from Coronation Street, uh, Rita Fairclough. <laughs> angel would be uh, Pam St. Clements. Yes. Pat from uh, EastEnders. Yes. Not, not, not been too busy since, he's, since you left. Uh, love, angel, music would, of course, be uh, Michelle McManus. And Baby would be the lovely Liz Smith, a.k.a. Nana from the Royal Family. I've I, got she's some... Still alive. No. She's still alive. No. Is she not alive? No. <laughs> oh. uh, and Baby would be... Lulu playing the role of Baby Spice from the Spice Girls Who Do You Think You Are video. That'd be lovely. Also, in this, there are more sound effects in this song than an episode of Trap by Track edited by you, Will. <laughs> How dare you? There was a little bit of controversy when this track came out. Because um, I think some people saw it as a bit racially insensitive. 
But I don't think that's the way it was ever intended. No, certainly not. And so just before we move on to the next song, I want to talk about some of the writers on this one. Which is uh, there's a lot of them again. A lot, yes. One, two, three, four, five, six writers. But the names that stand out to me are Jimmy Jam, uh, which is what my mum used to call my pyjamas, uh, and Terry Aww. Lewis, which she used to call my... Never mind. Um, you know, can you... <laughs> what? Disgusting. <laughs> now... They've worked with some absolute legends over the years. They, I can think, kind of lend themselves more to the R&B sound. So they've worked with TLC, Michael Jackson, uh, Boyz II Men, Usher. But the one that I remember them for is they worked on Spice Girls' Forever album. And, of course, that Holler single. I love that Holler single. Yes. And that album turns 20 next year. So about this time next year, actually. So it'd be lovely to come back to, wouldn't it? Um, I think it would be uh, interesting. Everyone will be expecting us to do Spice. Yes, because we've done Spice World before. Yes. But that would be a curveball. Mm. Uh, and even more curveball would be to do uh, Victoria Beckham album. Uh, let's move on now. So we're on to track number eight now, which is Crash. And do you know what? I was just toying with the idea that I... Because I know I said Bubble Pop Electric was my favourite non-single from the album. Then I was re-reminded of that again. And I love, again, a completely different sound. Real 80s influences. Really really electronic. Real attitude. Mm. It's great, isn't it? That's a great song. I, that is the one, I think, like you, until... I hadn't listened to the full album for a while. Until it was upcoming to cover on the podcast. And this is one of the songs I forgot about, but it's fantastic. It's so infectious. It's got that real like late eighties, early nineties pop R and B thing. I think it was likened at the time to sort of like Salt and Pepper's Push It and things like that. But yeah, fantastic drum machines. There's a wonderful little boops and beeps. The boops uh, and beeps is what I would love to put into our updated uh, book for yes, next Christmas. And it will be uh, a great bass groove, some lovely synth effects. But this song lyrically. Lyric, yeah, I've done that once. Yeah, is you know, it's lots of car references in there. Drive, baby, to me in your fast car, uh, waiting for your engine, your Grand Prix attention. Goodness me, but Will, I've got a quick quiz for you. Oh, great, I love it when we do this. Less of a quiz, more of a challenge, actually. Okay. At least three of the songs that uh, reference vehicles. Yeah, you've got seven little girls sitting in the back seat, which was Bomb Ballerina with Timmy Mallet. It was a cover of something. <laughs> I that was not expected, but okay. And if we're lucky, no, no. <laughs> um, I've got um, Drive uh, by the brilliant electro pop group Client. Oh, another one I've never heard fantastic. of. Fantastic. Did not expect any of these. Um, and. Countdown is on. A few seconds left. You're out of time. I would have accepted Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna, um, Driving in My Car by Madness, The Bicycle Song by Queen, or even The Bike Song by Mark Ronson. 
which we covered a few weeks ago. You really, really let yourself down there, actually. I think I have two cracking examples that really showcase the breadth of my musical knowledge. Back to Crash. This was a single. It was the sixth and final, thank goodness, single, um, which wasn't even released in the UK and only got to number 49 in the States. And this was written with Tony Canal. Canal. And he is, of course, a member of No Doubt, but has gone on to write for other bands or feature with other bands, including All Time Low and Alanis Morissette. Track number nine now, and this is The Real Thing. real thing and Dan I have to say what a hauntingly familiar bass guitar in that song Mm, very uh, quite an iconic sound isn't it you could certainly be forgiven for thinking it was influenced by one of the most prolific bass players of our time Peter Hook when it is in fact him playing on it he's there he's there Peter of course from New Order fame sadly now ex-New Order Uh, but he's not the only one from New Order there Bernard Sumner uh, is also doing backing vocals. And I think just the New Order influence on that song is just, uh, it, it's there from the off, isn't it? That electronic, very synth 80s sound is runs through that in a lovely way. Yeah. It's a very good song. Not only on the bass, but the sort of the, the drum loops as well, uh, the synth. It really is, again, this is one of the songs that I hadn't really listened to for a while until going back to it. And the second, and I think since the last time I've listened to this album, which is probably a couple of years ago now, I've listened to a lot of New Order in the meantime. And as soon as I heard this, I, it just made me think of New Order straight away. So I was quite surprised to kind of a little bit later realise that it is, is them on it. But it's very, I think, of all of their songs, it's very much like uh, Bizarre Love Triangle. And it's very melancholic, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful lyrically. This was co-written with... Uh, Linda Perry again, and also Gwen's partner at the time, Gavin Rostell. So track number 10 now, and this is serious. I lose love is serious. You give me seriously out of my mind. And I am so Wonderful, wonderful pop song there. I think one of the poppiest moments in the album, maybe. You're quite right. It's wonderfully poppy. And where maybe the last song was a bit more of a 90s influence, this is definitely an 80s pop sound. Yeah, very. We've said it before. We've referenced Madonna a few times, but this does sound very influenced by early Madonna. Uh, I believe it was also likened to a little bit of uh, Kylie as well, which I could definitely imagine Kylie singing this, maybe not in the 80s, maybe a bit later in her career, and just referencing her early self. There was a video film for this track, but never released. So it could have been single number seven. <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't. Not because it's a bad song, but as we often say, it's nice to have some treats yeah. on the album. What was, there was an album we covered not too long ago, and there were about nine singles from it. Can you remember what it was? Uh, Nelly Furtado Loose. Yes. Yeah, there's more singles than non-singles. 
But this was a brilliant one. It was another one co-written with Tony Canal um, and produced with Mike Stent. Uh, and he also worked on the Rocksteady album by No Doubt, which featured, of course, Hella Good. I got my bags back. Not that Rocksteady. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lovely All Saints. Swing a bit close to home. Yes. So, track number 11 now, going into the danger zone. Yes. Quite creepy. Another upfront balls out pop banger there, Danger Zone. Uh, again, really enjoyable track. That's probably the first time actually where I would say definitely an album track. Yes. Yeah, but I agree. Yes, I would agree. Yes. Uh, once again with Dallas Austin and Linda Perry, and produced by Nelly Hooper. So that is lots of uh, different elements of the album coming together for this one. But I think doing it wonderfully. Just it's a solid. Electro-pop song. Yeah. Which is what Dallas Austin does so well. Absolutely. Okay, so we're on to the last track of the album now. Uh, this is track 12. Uh, Andre 3000 has taken his Johnny mask off and he's now here as himself for Long Way To Go. that was a long way to go and what a great time at the end of the album to talk about the fantastic artwork oh, on the album. Should we get Peter in for this? Uh, it's definitely petered out at the same time as well. So Peter, Peter. You might not make it today. <laughs> so the album artwork for this, I love this album cover. You've got Gwen sat on a massive, uh, very arty uh, throne mm. and I can see... Harajuku girls there. Yeah. Um, Gwen's, she's almost sort of sat, she's almost sort of sliding half off it. Yeah, if, if it was a teenage daughter, you'd tell her to sit upright, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't care if it's Gwen or a teenage girl, just sit upright. Yeah, she's like, she's, she's like Jacob Rees Mogg's up there. Oh, don't get me started, honestly. Mm. But it's a, I'd say it's an iconic album cover. It is, absolutely, yeah. I, it's one. Um, I don't have on vinyl, but I'd be lovely to have that one on vinyl in one of my changeable frames. Uh, Christmas is just around the corner, Will, so... Uh, so I'll add it to my long list of things... Uh, that I need. ...that you've dropped very unsubtle hints out through about yeah. through the through the year. It's been sending you the links now. It's much easier nowadays. Uh, and on Font Watch, I love this kind of very oldie-worldy font that she's using on there as well. Yeah, there was... Um, there was a font like that, wasn't there, on Microsoft Word? When, when you, was, you had a limited amount of fonts, you had Times New Roman and Comic Sans, there was one like this. I forget what it was. Listeners, please do let us know if you know. If in doubt, use Comic Sans. Yes. Uh, the track itself, though, a very different sound, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's not, not for me. Yeah, the sound is 
Well, so this song was written, as we said before, it features Andre 3000. It was written with him. Initially, it was written to go on The Love Below, the uh, the album, the Outcast album, which was a Love Below with uh, Speakerbox. Uh, but then it changed to become this track. And it's lyrically... I've done enough of that this episode. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> so it's quite a serious subject matter, actually, talking about interracial dating and how people look on that and there's references to Martin Luther King in there uh, so I think it's a great message I think it's quite an infectious sound don't dislike the sound but I don't fully agree that A it fits on the album or B that it's the right way to end the album I'm sure you'd agree with me there Will absolutely so I think we should now move we're at the end of the album proper we should move into some further listening now I'm so excited for this so listening. this is our first taste of some festivities, because what we thought we couldn't ignore so, so close to Christmas, six weeks before Christmas, the last album Gwen released was a Christmas album. So we thought it'd be lovely for further listening to get everybody warmed up for Christmas, we to share our favourite tracks from that album. Yeah, so just to quickly talk about You Make It Feel Like Christmas, it came out two years ago, it was released on October the 6th, 2017, seems quite early, but the first single was actually released on September the 22nd, 2017. No, well, that's quite right, actually, because a lot of Christmas songs get... Re- a lot of original Christmas songs and albums are released now, or even earlier than now. Yeah. But to have enough time to bed in, to get into consciousness before we get to Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we saw that with Sia, I think hers was released mm. early October, uh, which, of course, we covered last year, so do feel free to go back and listen to that. But we're talking about You Make It Feel Like Christmas. So, Will... I would love to invite you to go first. What's your favourite song from this 12-track album? Well, I could think of nothing better than the title track itself, You Make It Feel Like Christmas. Sweet Merry Christmas, Will. Ah, oh, Merry Christmas, Dan. I, the, the first time I've said that to someone this year. Uh, no, you said it during the recording of... Uh, was it Rude Box? Or... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Robbie's take on Pet Shop Boys. I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. So that's good a memory. That yeah. was a while ago now. Uh, I love this one because it just... I, we love an original Christmas song, don't we? As much Definitely. as a classic. And this was a really nice feel-good one. This was recorded featuring Blake Shelton, who is Gwen Stefani's current partner. Oh, that's lovely. So they, when they're saying, you make it feel like Christmas, they're saying that to each other, and that's a lovely sentiment at this time of year. And more times of year. I wanted to feel like Christmas every day. Like Wizard. Yeah, I really, really love this song. It's so, it's just that perfect formula for a Christmas song. As I say, it's two years old now, but... I listen to this song every Christmas. Well, I have listened to this song every both Christmases since. But uh, it just it feels like a classic to me. I can I'm, I will be listening to this song. Is what I should have said every Christmas. Uh, and those lyrics: sweet gingerbread made with molasses. My heart skipped and I reacted. Can't believe that this is happening. Like a present sent from God. Yeah. Sleigh bells singing hallelujah. Stars are shining on us too. And I think this is a more wholesome Gwen that we're yes. dealing with this album as well. Definitely, but. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that one. Over to me. 
You'll go, yes. What have, what have you gone for, Dan? So I'm going to go for another original, of course, from the album. Uh, this one is My Gift Is You. And isn't it funny how artists struggle to write original Christmas songs over three minutes long? Hmm. I guess there's only so much sort of uh, mulled wine and Christmas pudding and such like they can they can write about. Oh, I love a bit of Christmas pudding now. What with brandy butter or custard <laughs> or double cream, <laughs> clotted cream actually. Oh, because you're lovely, from the, lovely West from, the, country. from the West Country. Yeah. yeah. Not the north of England. No, uh, enough. I'll be having mine with some uh, uh, custard made from a packet. Birds. Yes. So my gift is you. Lovely. Another lovely self pen track written with uh, Justin Tranter and Busby. Uh, Justin Tranter has written songs with Brittany Gwensfani, Kelly Clarkson, uh, and Kelly Clarkson actually did some fantastic uh, original Christmas songs a few years ago. And we've got lots more to say about Christmas, haven't we, um, come in the coming weeks as we get closer to it. Yeah. We've got our second Christmas together. Oh, Yes, a big Christmas album is turning 25, so it'd be great to talk about that. I wonder which one. Mm. So, we're out of time. So hopefully you enjoyed our trip down memory lane with Gwen Stefani and Love Angel Music Baby. Do let us know at Moves to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And if you'd like to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review, it's always appreciated. Uh, and we just love reading those those lovely comments. An early Christmas gift. Uh, and the gift uh, that keeps on giving. So, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Certainly. So, next week, um, it's 10 years since the release of... It's an interesting one because it's not a, a exactly a brand new album, but it was... You know when people were re-releasing albums with additional tracks? Yes. Sort of like that, but this re-release had so many huge songs on it that it just deserves to be recognised itself. And for me, it was the definitive version of this album. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, And by an artist that we've waited a long time to talk about. Yeah. And one of the songs featured on this... Um, if you follow Pop Justice on Twitter, they'll let you know whenever it's playing, wherever it's playing. You've already said too much. Oh, I do it every time. Uh, so to say anything more, potentially would give it away if it hasn't already. <laughs> no. So until next time, I've been Johnny Vulture. And I've been Love, Angel, Music and Baby. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.